We got sound? Everybody hear me? Okay. I'll try to talk loud anyways, but hopefully you can hear me. So some of you may be wondering who I am because uh, I'm the guy that sneaks in at the last minute because I usually work on Sunday mornings and uh, I'm usually greeted at the door by people waiting for the last person to come in and that's me. Um, so I work Sunday mornings and then I have to uh, shift gears and come to church. And I, I was asking myself this morning, why is it so hard to shift gears and, and come to church? And today it's even harder because I'm standing up in front of everybody. <laughs> That's, and I think what it is, and we're going to talk more about this, I think what it is is uh, consistency in life. So a question, I'm a, I'm a small group leader. And my job as a small group leader is to ask good questions and get people to answer them. So I'm probably going to ask you a lot of questions through the course of the message. but And then you can think about them and answer them. Because if everybody talks at once, it would be pretty awkward. But um, I think what it is, is it's consistency of life. Am I the same person standing up here behind this pulpit as I am out in the world? And and. What am I supposed to be all the time? And we're, we're kind of going to answer that question this morning. And it may seem obvious, but it may not be. And, um, anyhow, I want to give you a little bit of a bio on myself. Um, so uh, I'll start with, I went to Moody Bible Institute uh, shortly after high school. Um, studied Bible theology there. And there I met my wife, um, who's sitting up here. If you don't know who she is, she's right there. You could raise your hand so they know you're, yeah. Um, met my wife there. Of course, we fell madly in love. Um, we were young and dumb, but uh, we ended up getting married, and we hated each other for the first five years, and it was terrible, awful. Um, it's because we were so selfish, basically, and hadn't figured out how to live with someone else. So um, that was our first five years. Uh, we decided at some point that we wanted to move out uh, we wanted to have kids, wanted to be close to grandparents, so we moved out to Washington, where my parents live, and uh, we lived there. Um, had two kids. Uh, two kids had four grandkids, so we now have um, four grandkids. Our kids are uh, wonderful in spite of us, by the grace of God. Um, they love the Lord, and they are serving him, and it's, uh, it's amazing to see that. So... Um, Things we did in ministry while we were out there in Washington is, first of all, we taught uh, parenting classes because we needed it. <laughs> we, uh, we had no idea what we were doing, so we started teaching parenting classes so that we could learn to be better parents, and, and that was hopefully a byproduct of that. It seemed to work. The kids turned out good. I don't know how. But and we uh, <clears throat> started teaching marriage after that because we also needed that. So we're really selfish people is what I'm trying to tell you. But <laughs> so... Then when we, as we taught marriage classes, we kind of found our way into marriage counseling, and we ended up spending many nights for hours and hours sitting with couples on the other couch while we talked to them from our couch, and, and uh, hours and hours, and that was a really hard job. It was, we're not clinical psychologists or anything like that. It was biblical counseling, which I believe all counseling should be done best, is biblical counseling. Um, I could go on a rant about that, but I won't. I'll leave that there. 
<laughs> um, and then uh, during that time, I also led worship uh, for about 15 years um, and really enjoyed doing that in, uh, in a couple different churches. Now I'm here, and um, I'm leading small group ministry and really enjoying it. Um, small group ministry, if you thought I wasn't going to talk about it, you're wrong. I'm going to talk about it some. That's not what I'm preaching on. But um, it's awesome. Uh, I think life change happens best in small groups of people meeting and talking about where they are in their walk. And our text thread, especially the Tuesday night group, blows up our text thread all week long. And there's stuff going on that they're sharing in life that's hard stuff and good stuff and stuff that they learn. Um, and we really support each other well through that. So if you're not involved in a small group, I'd say get involved in one. We have two right now, two. Um, and two needs to turn into four because you get beyond a certain point and, it, and it, uh, the groups get too big and people start, stop talking. So really want to encourage you toward that. I'll probably mention it again several times during the message because it applies. But that's not what I'm preaching about. So let's pray before I start to preach and we'll uh, go forward from there. Our Lord and our God, you are a good and gracious, gracious God, perfect in all your ways. Uh, we're thankful to you, ever thankful, that you graciously love us and have loved us so well through your son Jesus, who has uh, given us eternal life. Lord, this morning we want to talk about your glory, and there is, there is no way to describe that. There are no words that sufficiently describe it. Lord, I just pray that this morning, you would get me completely out of the way. Um, I'm nervous. I don't want it to be about me. Lord, I want, I want your people to understand your greatness, to understand the heart that they should have to worship you and just um, show me by your spirit how to communicate that through what I've studied and, and uh, what I've got to share this morning. And I just ask that in your name. I pray. Amen. All right, so moving to Libby, um, give you a little bit of that story, and then it's going to move on from there. But um, we had no plan, really, to move to Libby specifically, and the Lord kind of just led everything that way, and it just happened. Um, there was some COVID, some COVID nonsense that was a part of that. I was going to lose my job. Um, I still work for the same company, but I took a step down from management to um, being back on a truck again. Uh, so I work for Frito-Lay, the chip company. I throw chips to the glory of God. Um, that's what I do <laughs> five days a week, and one of them is Sunday. I was told when I moved here that I wouldn't work Sundays, but I ended up working Sundays. Um, but anyhow, um, that's what got us here. But God has been so good and so gracious in so very many ways to us. We, we got here, and it's like, oh, there's a washer and dryer in our house. They weren't supposed to leave that. And, and it was just one thing right after another like that that was just, and not all material stuff, but just blessings. Um, finding this church family is another, another great blessing. Um, we, we talked about, so we sat down and we made a list, and I think we had like 15 things that God had done that were like things only God could do. Just amazing. 
And so we talked about, and we haven't done it, but now I've told all of you, so I have to do it. Um, we talked about building a pile of stones in our front yard. As the Israelites crossed the Jordan, they put a pile of stones in the river so that they would remember the goodness of God. Um, I want to do that, partly just so people ask. You know, so I can, uh, I can tell them so just how good God is. Um, part of that process was finding a church. So I was watching lots of messages online. I listened to Zane probably three, four, or five different times. Um, listened to a few other guys, and some of them didn't last very long. I didn't have to listen very far. One of them didn't even make it through his opening prayer. And that's kind of the direction we're going this morning, and, and you'll, you'll get it. So basically I saw him go up to the front. He stood up and he said, Lord, I'm just so thankful, and we are such a thankful people. That's good so far. That you have made it all about us. And I turned it off. You might be saying, that's not so bad. You know, that's, that's not so bad. But I want to explain to you why that is so bad. And you might be saying, I don't get it. Like the song we just sang, who's it all about? It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. We like things to be about us, right? I mean, we like to talk about ourselves. We like to, in conversation, tell people stories about things that we've done, things that we've experienced. Um, we like it when other people talk about us. It makes us feel good. We like it when people say nice things about us. It's pretty awesome. We like things to be centered on us. Um, so this is a... I'm going to expose some things to you that are, that are things about me. And it's not, this isn't fun for me to tell you. It was a bad time. Um, but I feel like being honest with you is, is the best thing I can do so that you trust and understand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to manipulate you. Don't get that wrong. But so in moving here, um, you know, we decided we were going to go to Libby Baptist. And it's like, okay, that's where we're going. That's going to be our church home. Um, we had chosen chosen this church, um, but my foot was kind of kind of halfway into it. Like, you know, it's we got here and we're really busy and lots of stuff going on and trying to get the house set up and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, it's kind of easier not to go to church. And eh, I work every Sunday morning, um, and that's a ready-made excuse because to get here this morning, I had to get up at two thirty and go out and get my work done. And, and when I get done here today, I have to go back to work and finish the rest of my work. So it's kind of it's kind of a ready-made excuse. And you know what that was? That, that was just me being selfish and thinking that, that life would be better if I didn't have more stuff in my life, like church. That's terrible. It's embarrassing. That's sinful is what that is. And, and those are the, that was something that I was thinking. I wasn't treasuring Christ. Um, and, and since then, or I wouldn't be standing up here, <laughs> since then I've moved um, 
full circle to where I need to be, where Christ is all, and all is Christ. And and I've I've been there before, but as Christians, we kind of go through this this ebb and flow in our faith, and sometimes we're really committed and really serious about it, and other times we can be just kind of wishy-washy. And that's that's where I was. And that was sin. Scripture says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And that's what I was doing. Kind of making excuses why I couldn't make it, because it's easier to not have to get to know a bunch of people again. And I know what I do in ministry, and I jump all in, and then I'm then I'm really busy, like I'm leading two, not trying to pat myself on the back. I believe in small group ministry, leading two of them right now. Hopefully Eric's going to take one. I haven't asked you yet, but but, <laughs> but I'm hoping he's going to take over. So he just got that message. <laughs> but um, so there's a guy named Paul Tripp, and I really really like him a lot. Um, he says what we tend to do as people is we tend to take take our our world and we or the world and we shrink it to the size of our own little world so we've got we've got all the stuff around us that goes on and i call it the the stuff of life right so all this stuff that goes around goes on around us are these things that's a lot i, I was making this list and we do a lot of stuff so work we have work we have a mortgage or rent. Um, we have car payments, savings. We need to figure out how to save money. We have home maintenance, paying bills, shopping, um, family, marriage, friendships, parenting, eating, feeding people and feeding ourselves, um, maintaining a garden if we have one. If you have kids, they may have soccer, football, baseball, uh, taekwondo, things like that. Um, and then we also need this thing called sleep. I can sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> um, recreation, hobbies, downtime, all this stuff that goes on in our lives, and it's, and it's kind of overwhelming, or it can be. And it's almost like just living through it or surviving it becomes our objective and our focus. Just living life, just getting through all the all the stuff. So with all the stuff of life, how do we find purpose in all of it? How do we do it? That's the question that I want to want to face today. Even wider yet, um, why are we here? Why do we exist? Um, why are we alive on this planet? that God created this blue green ball that's out in the middle of everything and all these stars and moons and all that kind of stuff. Why are, why do we exist to just survive and eventually um, earn enough money that we can retire and then die? Is that, is that the purpose of life? I don't think so. So what then should the Christian life be about? Um, so the Presbyterians have this thing called catechism, and I think they actually get this—they actually get this very right. They ask the question, so they ask questions, and then kids answer them, and it's—it's it's teaching kids biblical principles. Um, I'm not a Presbyterian; I was raised a Baptist, so don't worry. But um, 
one, one of the primary questions that they always ask is, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to, anybody know it? Glorify God, right? That is the chief end of man. That is, that is man's purpose, to glorify God. I haven't even read our scripture yet. I skipped right over that. I'm not very polished at this, am I? <laughs> so I want to go to uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Or actually, we'll read. Not 10, 13. 10, 31, sorry. And I'll read 31 through uh, 33. So whether you eat or drink... Uh, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews, to the Greeks, or to the church of, church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything, I do not seek my own advantage, but that many, that many may be saved. That's, that's what I want to focus on this morning, and, and especially the part that says, Whatever you do, that takes in a lot of things, right? Whatever you do, do a little bit to the glory of God. No. Do all to the glory of God. So how do you fit that together with all the stuff that we have in life? That's, that's, a, that's a good question. Trying to manage my time, I have like eight pages of notes and trying to figure out what I can cut and what I should do and what I should not do is uh, it's a challenge for me. The first time I preached, by the way, uh, I went an hour and 20 minutes. I vow not to do that. <laughs> um, I just had so much to say and I didn't know what to cut out, so I just kept going. And uh, nobody left, but it was, it was uh, there were some bathroom breaks and stuff. But anyhow. Um, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That takes up a lot of space in our life. My home life, my work life, relationships, my leisure time. Does the stuff of life in your life overshadow glorifying God? Is, is there more stuff? Do you think about the stuff, paying the bills, working the job, all of that? Do you think about that more than the glory of God. I think with most people, that's the case. Um, I fight with it all the time. So how highly do you value God? What does your life say? Is he your highest treasure? Is he of the most value to, to you above all things? Is he your hope, supreme in all things, above and over all, perfect in every way, God. Is that how you see him? Is that how you think of him? Is that what your, your daily thoughts of him are? So I want to go through a, a list of scripture um, that says how God sees himself and how God believes we should see him. And that is a God to be glorified. And if, if you think that this list that I'm going to read you is just like eight or ten scriptures that I picked out uh, that are the only ones, they're not. There are hundreds of scriptures that, that say the same thing in, in, in the Word of God. And 
it's a focus of the Word of God, and um, I want you to get your mind around that because it is it is very important. We're gonna we're gonna deal with how to how to live this out at the end, but here is here is the list. So Isaiah forty three six and seven says this. This is God. God creates for his glory is how I subtitled this group of scriptures. Isaiah 43, 6 and 7. Bring my sons and daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by, by my name, whom I have created for my glory. So he's created everyone for his glory. Um, the heavens declare... What? This is Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 57 and Psalm 108 both say, his glory is over all the earth. In uh, Jeremiah 13, 11, God elects Israel for his glory. I made the whole house of Israel and Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me praise and a glory. God saves Israel from Egypt for his glory at the Red Sea. That's found in uh, Psalm 108.8. Yet he saved them for his sake that he might make known his mighty power. So again, it's, it's saving them for his sake that he might make known his mighty power, glorifying God. Uh, when the Israelites were making idols, when Moses had had gone up the mountain, um, he came back down to find that they had found that they had taken all of their gold and thrown it into a pot, melted it down, turned it into a golden calf. And you say to yourself, "Well, that sounds silly. I would never do that. Who would do that? Who would worship a golden calf and melt, melt down a bunch of gold and turn it into that?" For my sake, I defer my anger. This was the Lord's response. For my sake, for, the, for my praise, I restrain it for you. For my own sake, do it. For how shall my name be profaned? I am God, and I will not give my glory to another. So, a, a brief story here. Um, I used to, I've been working for Frito-Lay for a long time. So I worked for Frito-Lay in Washington. I was uh, working in a Walmart store. Um, not my favorite customer in the world, but they're very challenging to deal with. I was working in the store, and, and I became known as, uh, as Pastor Gene because I, I'm not on the clock. Um, I'm not paid by the hour. And so I had the freedom to talk to people uh, about the gospel, and we actually ended up in marriage counseling relationships and saw people come to Christ, um, saw a few people come to Christ out of that Walmart um, to the glory of God. Um, and it, it, it was nothing to do with me. It's stuff that God did. Um, but I had a friend in this Walmart that I got to know, and we watched MMA fights together. Um, Christians can watch MMA. It's okay. Um, it's really kind of fun. I would have done it if 
if it was there when I was in high school, to be honest. I like a good battle. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so we watched MMA fights together, and he was, he was a tough guy. He had moved from the Philippines, and he had actually been in, in gangs and had killed people um, in the Philippines in gangs and done a lot of really bad stuff. Um, so moving to the States, he professed to be a Christian. Um, and I saw nothing in his life that would tell me that he was. I, I'm not capable of judging that, whether he was a Christian or not. Um, but I walked into the store one day, and he's, uh, he's kind of walking around moping. And I talk to him just about every day. And he's just kind of really dreary for some reason. And I was like, TJ, what's going on? He's like, nothing. He keeps walking. Like, I chased him down. I'm like, CJ, what's going on? He's like, oh, I got caught. Got caught what? With your hand in the cookie jar? You know, what? what's the problem? He's like, I got caught with, a, with another woman. So he had um, brought a girl that worked at Walmart home, uh, and uh, his wife caught them in bed together. And uh, I was like, all right, okay, we need to talk. Um, so I said, meet me here tomorrow in the parking lot. I'll be in my car. We're going to talk out of my car. And uh, so he comes, he gets into the car the next day. He sits down, and, and uh, I, I won't demonstrate it, but I quite honestly yelled at the guy for about 15 minutes. Um, basically, it was, you say you're a Christian. What, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Do you realize what you've done to your wife? Do you realize that every time you go to bed in your house, she's going to be thinking about that? Do you have any idea... How much you've hurt her? Do you have a But you say you're a Christian. Jesus hung on the cross. For that sin that you just committed against your wife, you walked up to Jesus hanging on the cross and said, I don't care. You just go ahead and die. And he spit in his face and turned and went toward the God that you wanted to worship. Which was for you. It was for yourself. So, to complete the story, it ends really well. Um, I just cry a lot, so deal with it. Um, but um, we ended up marriage counseling them for about a year. Um, they they worked their way through that. They stayed married. Um, we uh, moved away to another area and didn't have contact with them anymore. And they they uh, they called us about a year later and they're like, "We need to come up and see you." Like, okay, great. Hopefully things haven't gone bad again. That was my first thought. We need to come up and see you. So they, they came up and they saw us. Um, things had not gone bad. CJ was a 
totally different person. He was mean to his wife in our counseling sessions. He was just, he's a jerk. He had totally changed by Christ entering him. I'm pretty convinced he wasn't a believer before. Is now totally a transformed person. And it was just, it was such a blessing. He just sat there and cried for a very long time, just at what God had done. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, I've never done anything like that. But my sins, your sins, are no different. They're no different, even if they're a harsh word to your spouse, an angry word to one of your kids, frustration with whatever that you vent out at, at anyone. Just as one example, you know your sins. They're, they're all the same thing. We all look at Jesus on the cross and we choose something that we'd prefer over honoring him. Just a lot to think about when it comes to glorifying God. So, oh, I was not done with that list of scriptures. There we go. Um, yes, I was done with that list. Very good. Um, then we come to God sends Jesus, right? And, and surely that's all about us. Don't get nervous. Don't get upset. It's okay. I'm, I'm going to explain. Surely that is all about us. Not really. So I want to read um, Romans 15, verses 6 through 9. So Romans 15 and verse 6. that you may with one voice glorify God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Salvation for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show his truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Another passage, so we just studied it recently in 1 Timothy, uh, where Paul was saying, I'm the chief of sinners um, and the, the foremost of sinners, I guess is what my translation says. But he says he received mercy for this reason, that Jesus may display his perfect patience to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, honor and glory forever. That's Paul's response to Christ saving him. Then in uh, 2 Corinthians 8.23 and John 17, the gospel is called the glory of Christ. And I'm not cherry-picking a few scriptures, so there's, there, there are more that say the same thing. The gospel, the gospel 
we like to say is about us. But here's the way I'd, I'd like to propose we look at it. Based on all scripture pointing to glorifying God, the gospel is for us, but it's not about us. So the gospel is the display of God's great, it's the greatest display of God's love for us. It clearly displays his love for us that Jesus, his one and only son, would come to earth, take on human flesh, live the life we couldn't live, die the death we deserve to die in our place for our sins, redeeming us, and all of that displays the glory of God because he is so loving. It's, it's about God and his greatness and his goodness displaying that and loving us by giving us Christ. That makes God that much more awesome. So I've talked about this in community group and about the glory of God being central to all things. And uh, I got some, some weird questions, and we welcome weird questions. But one of them was, um, so is God selfish? Is God then self-centered? Sounds like God's self-centered. Is he needy? Does he need us to glorify him? The answer to that is, to all of those, is obviously no. God, who is so infinitely perfect in all his ways, without flaw, is just that. We can't even think of words to describe God that describe him greatly enough. I wondered what it's, what it's going to be like when I, when I get to heaven. And, you know, people talk about, yeah, I'm going to see my dog and my cat and, you know, my aunt and that I miss a lot and, you know, I'm going to be there with everybody that I, that I knew and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I think I'm going to walk into heaven and it's not going to be like, oh, hey, God, how you doing? Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I think what's going to happen is I'm going to walk in there and I'm not going to know what to do. I'm going to tremble. Not in fear, but just in I'm going to fall on my face and just lay there and face the ground until I can bear to look up. I'm not going to know what to do. I'm not going to know what to say. And eventually I will because the Bible tells us that we all stand before the throne and sing, glory, glory, glory to the Lamb who sits on high. All glory and honor and praise all belongs to him. Eventually, I hope I can do that. I don't know if I'll be able to get up off the floor. <laughs> so let me ask you this in relation to, to all of that. And I hope, hope you understand what I'm saying. The gospel is for us, but it's not about us. It's about directing glory to God. God is incredibly gracious, incredibly loving, infinitely loving toward us. But scripture points to the fact that 
all glory belongs to God. And that, that act just magnifies his glory that much more. So um, I guess what I'm kind of saying is it's, it's not about you. Um, you're the beneficiary of God's goodness. But all of your praise needs to be directed to God. So let me ask you this in relation to all of that. Um, there's, there's another thing that, that's always kind of bugged in Christianity. It seems like um, some Christians, and nobody in this room, I'm sure, express um, their love for God based on only what he's done for them. So, so let me ask you this. Let me, let me frame that up a little different. Think of someone that you love. Think, think of some, someone that you love very much, probably the person that you love most. For me, it's my wife. If I say that I love my wife because she cooks food, I do love food. It keeps me well-rounded. Um, she cooks me food. She uh, washes my clothes. She makes sure that I have my keys and that I can find my cell phone. Um, quite often, actually. Um, make sure that I, I get everywhere that I need to be because I forget things um, because I'm getting old. Um, none of us are getting younger. But if I say that I love my wife because of the things that she does for me, is that really love for my wife, or is that kind of, in some ways, love for myself? Same thing with Jesus. If you only love him for what he's done for you, you're really kind of loving him for what he's done for you, not who he is. We should love God for who he is. We should stand in awe of the great and glorious God that be described. I'm trying to come up with words and it's just, it's impossible. So whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So there's another scripture that uh, I'd like to draw your attention to. Um, I somehow skipped over in my notes. I think it's Romans 11. Okay, there it is. Found it. Um, it's Romans 11, verse, I'll just say verse 36 specifically. For him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Are you getting the idea that, that all things come from God? And they're for God and they're to God? God is the center of all things. We, we like to put ourselves in the center, and I know I've said this already, but 
get yourself out of that center. Put God in the center. That's, that's where he belongs. He deserves it. I was talking to Zane about this one day. We were having coffee and, and uh, just talking about the glory of God. And this is something that I'm passionate about. He had given me another passage, and I was like, oh, that's fat. that passage is too long. I'll never get through that. We'll be there for hours. And, and uh, I said, so about the glory of God, Zane's like, there's nothing to really explain. He said, he deserves all of it. There's no one else who deserves it. And that's the truth. There's, there's no one else who deserves it. He needs to be the center. Not us. Not about us. He needs to be the center. And I was asking that question, is God self-centered? Um, the answer is no. He deserves to be the center. He belongs at the center. That's why we call him God. And that's a God that's worthy of our worship. That You can put no one else there but God, only God. Purely, simply, only God. So how do we live this out? Um, the big question. How do we live this out? So... I'll start with this. This is why we sit under preaching every week. This is why we come and hear, preach the word every week to tell us how to live this out. So we, we spend time studying the word of God, reading the word ourselves, sitting under, under teaching so that we can be told how to live to better reflect the glory of God and give God glory. We're not really giving him glory. We're reflecting his glory back to him because he is all glorious. <clears throat> all right. So let's go back to... Um, 1 Corinthians 10, the passage that we started with. And we'll finish that passage out. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews, to the Greeks, or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that many, that many may be saved. This is why we live to the glory of God. Because people see Christ in us. They see hope in us. They, they see hope and they wonder, what is that hope? Why are they different? Uh, so I was, I was really wondering what would happen this morning when I was in Rosars. And I, uh, I told a couple people that I, was, that I needed to get done, that I needed to get out. They had inventory. Um, it messed everything up. So now I have to go back and work my product at Rosars when I'm done today. But I said, I, I have to make it to church because I'm preaching. <laughs> and, it's, and it's kind of important that I be there. Because that's kind of what we do at church. And uh, the encouragement was that, that none of them were shocked. <laughs> um, 
if I would have got, um, it was just encouraging to me. Um, if I would have got, you're what? You? Are you kidding? Really? If I, if I would have got that, I'd, I'd have some adjustments to make, some changes to make. Um, but, and, and I don't. I'm not patting myself on the back. I don't live to the glory of God all the time. I can be a turd. My wife will verify that. But that needs to be our goal, is that when people look at us, they see something different. They see some Jesus in there. I, Melissa and I like to say that when people like us, when non-Christians like us, and they just for some reason want to hang out with us, they don't like us. They like Jesus in us. And, and that, that should be how we want the world to see us, is that they see Jesus in us, they see some hope, and they need that, and they want that, and they pursue that, and they ask us, what's going on? Um, so let me say this. All that list that I read you, that horrible list of all that stuff that we have to do in our lives, all of those things, that whole list can be done to the glory of God, depending on how you do it. So I wrote this out to to kind of close things out here. If you have cause to rejoice, celebrate the giver of all good things, who is God. If you have sorrow, depend on Jesus and the body that God may be glorified. If you suffer, suffer well, that people may see your faith and glorify God. In your work, in your job, that takes up most of our time, right? Doing our job and sleeping, those are probably the two things that take up most of our time. In your work, do it heartily as unto the Lord, so that people will see something different about the way you work. That's why I say I fling chips to the glory of God. It's possible. It it is possible. And your family, love them well, that God's glory may be shown. Carry and share the gospel, which is the glory of Christ. Love one another, that the world may say, see how they love one another and glorify God. And that, that happens in the church. We, we, we in the church here need to love and take care for, take care of one another. And that is a glory to God, and that's awesome. So I hope I answered all of my questions. I had a lot of questions in there. In all that you do, In all that you do, do all to the glory of God.